0: following talk is from New Community. For more information about New Community, check out newcommunitychurch.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Uh, we're going to dive into uh, our next in the series of, a, of an honest conversation. And we've gone through a whole bunch of topics, and I always found it Really surprising, when I first went into a, came to a church like this, I've been a Christian for about 10 years, and when I first came to a church like this, I was shocked that they were talking about stuff that was actually relevant to my life. Um, but I shouldn't have been shocked, because if you look at the Bible, it's just full of just talking about practical, real things that actually matter in our everyday. And I think it's, it can be a bit shocking when, we're, when we spend the whole time talking about things that are just completely disconnected. And that was my experience of church. But the reality is, Jesus talks about some deeply personal, very real issues that matter to us. And power is one of them. So, I'm just going to jump into a, a dictionary definition of power. Could, am I really loud? I can hear myself. All right, okay, that's fine. I mean, I like it, but... I'm just sounding really loud, okay, but that's fine. Um, So the Oxford Dictionary definition is um, the ability to direct or influence the behavior of others or the course of events. So power isn't just talking about, you know, dictators or people with a job title. Um, Power is talking about um, anything where you have a situation where you are influencing people or events. So the reality is we, we all have some kind of power. And we all are influenced by some kind of power. It's something that's far more prevalent. If you like, you can use the word influence, right? And I think as British people, we're not a massive fan of of the word power because it can sound a bit arrogant, but we're all affected by it. And and I'm amazed that I get to speak on this topic on this particular week. It is significant for several reasons. The first one is Remembrance Sunday. Um, We are remembering the sacrifice that people made in part... Because other people, a small number of people, made some very bad power decisions, right? But think about both the world wars. It's just people making the same mistakes with power that led to millions of people dying. And so power is such a significant thing for us to understand as Christians and to know how to um, follow God in decisions about power. The second reason it's significant, uh, for those of you who have watched anything in the news for the last two years would have realized that politically speaking, this week has been very significant. And there has been um, the, the election of the most powerful person in the most powerful country in the world, the US election. And it's been very surprising for many people, um, and I, I think you'd agree with me that I think the majority of people are aware of this, because it's on like all of our front pages. Now, Somalia are electing their president later on this week. Anyone know that? <laughs> uh, the, the reality is we, we, we pay attention when there is influence involved, when there is massive influence that changes and affects our lives. Um, and that's what's happening. We're, we're paying attention to it because power affects us. It affects our everyday lives. And so it's important that we understand what God has to say about it. Um, I'm going to go through um, three different types of power. Uh, I'm going to kick off with the power of God. We begin, if you go all the way back to the start of the Bible in Genesis, um, we see God creating the world in power. In fact, at the end of the Bible in Revelation, we see God again in power. There's like these, these epic scenes of God displayed in all of his glory and his power. And ultimately, the whole of the Bible is this overview picture of God in power. In fact, us, as part of God's creation, we are all um, pictures of God's power. We've all been created. We've all been made very specifically. And all of God's creation around us is evidence of his power. Right? If If creation cannot be more powerful than its creator, when we look at all of creation, all of the epicness of it, all of the hugeness of space... We're amazed, and it points to something even more amazing that we see in the power of God. It's very significant. And I think if you go to the Old Testament, you hear this phrase being used over and over again. It calls God the am that I am, which essentially means God exists by himself, for himself. He is the uncreated creator who is independent of any concept, force, or entity. This is crazy. It's unlike anything else we can ever know in this world. Revelation reveals him as the one who was and is and is to come. It's this beautiful picture of who God is. Now, can some of you put your hands up if you were at New Day in 2015? Put your hands up. Hands up, hands up, hands up. Right, a few of you. It's pretty dark in here, so I just assume some of you put your hands up. Um, But so uh, if you were there, you would have heard Steph Liston uh, um, basically give this poem, give this long poem uh, that was called, we find it, He Was and Is and Is to Come. He gave this beautiful long poem, and literally just this week, he has released a book that basically illustrates this whole poem. And it was, it was, normally poems are pretty boring, but this one was pretty exciting. It gives the whole story, this beautiful story of God creating the earth and everything in it and, and the gospel um, entering into our lives. It's this epic poem. And he basically put it into this beautiful book. And this is, an, this is a, an unashamed plug. This is a great book. If you are looking for something for Christmas, this is amazing. It's basically a beautifully illustrated, um, but the content is phenomenal. So I'm going to, I'm basically going to read out the first verse. I think it sums up nicely the power of God. And it goes like this before air or light or spinning spheres before laughter shouting joy or tears before everything we've ever touched or held or stroked or tried to reach or thought to say or tried to teach before oceans and creatures and soaring heights before depths and mysteries and first winged flights before anything that we now see and love or long for or want to be before all the dreaming and inventions before all the scheming and conventions, before all the cultures and the nations, before all life's great and strange sensations, before everything we've seen and done, he was and is and is to come. Everything that has ever existed, everything that will ever happen in our lives, begins with God and it ends with God. Everything we know is a beautiful reflection of what God has created in power. And I think this is something that we need to go back to time and time again, because we are all influenced by something. We're all influenced and swayed by powers in this world. We're all led by something. And as Christians, we have to ask ourselves, is it God? Are we ultimately being led by God? Is he ultimately the biggest power in our life? Because otherwise, we are just kidding ourselves. If we big up something else in our world, whether it's a person or a cause or something we're passionate about, and it is somehow bigger than God, we're kidding ourselves. Because, like everything else in this world, it's temporary. And we're surrounded by pretty shiny things. Yeah? Every week I get emails in my inbox advertising new, exciting things that desire my attention. And God is saying, Look at me. I am bigger. I am better. I am before all things. I am after all things. Fix your attention on me. It's one reason that we worship, right? To remind ourselves again, God, you are bigger and better than anything else in my life. God, and it's a drawing of our souls, of all of our emotion, all of our desires back to our God and King. And that is, as Christians, that's the, the heartbeat, the rhythm of our lives. It's turning to God again and again and saying, God, you are everything I need. And understanding the power of God in a very, very practical sense is really important. Uh, and we see in the Bible that the, um, uh, the apostles early on in, in Acts were dragged before the religious leaders. And this happened like over and over again. And the religious leaders would say, so you're preaching this Jesus. We're not fans of it. You need to stop this right now or we're going to kill you. Uh, and it's very bold, it's very blunt. And in those times, apart from the Romans, these were the, these were the highest... Like um, positions of authority. They can do whatever they liked. But these apostles, they said in Acts 5, we must obey God rather than man. Who do we obey? Who do we bow to? And it doesn't necessarily look like, you know, penalty of death. I'm assuming not many of you have been threatened with death recently, but we do have constantly people desiring, things desiring our attention. Who do we kneel before? Number two, we're going to look to the power of man. We weren't just created by a God of infinite power. We were created to, um, in his image to wield power. Right? So we're, so we're uh, Christians and we submit to and follow Christ. But being made in his image, we have these um, responsibilities of power in our lives. Um, if we look at Genesis 1, it says this, Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. In Genesis, we're called to have this dominion over all creation. And that makes sense because God created us as, if you like, the pinnacle of his creation. And he made us. And out of everything on earth, we're the only thing that bears the direct image of God. And he calls us to have dominion. That means it's not like... Um, I think sometimes I think of the word dominion and I think like Genghis Khan. It, it, it's not like that. It's, 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 it's like ruling with his image, ruling with grace and mercy and taking care of his creation. He also calls us to, to fill the earth. And we are to fill the earth with image bearers of God. We're to create culture. We're to fill the earth with his beauty, making order out of chaos, even being little creators And some of you, I know there's a lot of creatives here, and and you have this desire to create stuff. That's because you're made in the image of God, who was a creator, right? And we have this this privilege of being able to create like our Father God does. So we do see, however, as we continue through Genesis, we get to Adam and Eve, and this was commanded over them. They were married. They had this um, quite significant role as a husband and wife where they had influence over one another. And then we see sin come into the world. And all of the the things that God had commanded them to do, they, they broke. They listened to the influence of someone who wasn't God. They listened to the lies of someone else. And they said, yes. And they ate of the apple. And they broke this they were, God had called them to have influence over one another, to serve one another, and they didn't even do that. That Adam um, denied his responsibility to love and serve his wife, and Eve de- denied this responsibility to love and serve her husband. And immediately we see a breakdown of power from there on. And the generation after them, there was murder. So it escalated pretty quickly. And, and we just see a breakdown of power. We see a breakdown of the way that God had made things. And John Piper puts it like this. Not only is power dangerous because it can be used to bring about evil, but also because it can be used to exalt the one who has it. Since all humans admire glory and power can be part of glory, we are all tempted to seek this admiration by getting this power. We love to be admired and praised, and so we bend what power we have towards getting applause. In other words, our power is employed to exalt ourselves. This is a great danger. And I think for, for, for some of us here, we, talking about power is quite an uncomfortable subject because you have experienced example after example of people who had power, influence of some kind, and just abused it. Right? Maybe, it was, maybe it was that boss who used all of their influence, all of their you know, title, just to build themselves up. And they didn't look after you. They, didn't, they weren't a good boss. Maybe for some of you, it's a father who took the responsibility, the God-given responsibility he had as a father and wasted it, leaving a trail of broken kids in his, in his wake. And we have a world full of these bad examples, full of um, people who have had the opportunity to wield power well and have just messed it up. Heck, in the last year, 60% of Americans didn't trust either of the recent US presidential candidates. 60%. That's really depressing, right? Uh, Like, that's a country of, what, quarter of a billion people? That's a lot of people. And and they couldn't find one that more than 40% of Americans liked. (laughs) It's really shocking. Maybe look at the celebrity culture, built on vanity and self-glorification. That's influence used for essentially just selfish reasons. There's, a, there's a, an old MP called Lord Acton, who said, Power tends to corrupt, but absolute power corrupts absolutely. And it's just a really depressing picture of power in a broken world, right? And that's why you hear people say, oh, All MPs are crooked. A corrupt, a selfish, a misleading. We have quite a depressing situation. Being in a cursed world, it doesn't look pretty. But there is hope. John Piper continues, he says, This is the great remedy for the disease of power craving. As Jesus shows his incomparable self-sacrificing love by going to the cross of Calvary, instead of being consumed with a conversation about your own greatness, be amazed at his greatness. If we were stunned by and satisfied with Christ, our craving for self-exalting power will be broken. We will be set free from the universal human sickness of self-centeredness. Friends, there is hope for us. If we are ever going to fulfill God's command and um, honor him by wielding power well, there is hope for us. By being stunned by and satisfied with Christ, we don't have to let pride rule us anymore. If you're a Christian, you have the power of God inside of you. You do not have to let pride rule you anymore. And it means that in every opportunity that we have to be in influence, we can do it in a, an honorable way that serves God, that glorifies Him, and, and honors other people. We also have been called by God to submit to authority. Uh, Romans 13 says this Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever rest, resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. Now, this is written by Paul in a time when um, the ultimate ruler was a Roman Empire. Um, And the the ruler of the Roman Empire was an emperor who almost always was a pretty terrible person, right? Uh, And made it really difficult, at least for the first few hundred years, for Christians to survive, right? Uh, A little bit after this, the Emperor Nero... Um, essentially, uh, and there's a little bit of debate of how this happened, but a whole bunch of Rome got set on fire. There was a great fire of Rome and he blamed it on Christians. And then tons of Christians got killed in really gory, horrible ways. So when Paul writes this, he's writing it with a real sense of reality. Yeah? This isn't like, a, oh, we've got a good MP. Oh, it's easy to honor them. No, 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 no. We honor authority because God has put it there. Now, it's worth saying amongst this that ultimately we honor God first. We bow the knee to God first. And so just like those apostles, if someone calls us to, to dishonor God, we have to say no. Respectfully and graciously, but we have to say no. Because we honor God and we, we fear God more than anything else. So I'm going to go through a few different types of power. And we have a couple of things to ask ourselves for each one. Number one, am I being faithful to God in bearing this power? Number two, am I being faithful to God in submitting to this power? Like the first one is kind of the obvious one. It's called legitimate power. And this is where you have a title of some sort. Right? Maybe, maybe you're an MP. Maybe you're a boss at work, something like that. But essentially, you're someone who has legitimate power. And you've got to ask yourself when you're in this situation. And I know maybe for some of you, this isn't a reality yet. But I know for me, I've been, I've been in my career. I'm an iOS developer for about three years And I've started to have like this kind of influence. It's quite exciting because suddenly there's people doing stuff for you. (laughs) How exciting. And, And it can, exactly that thing that Piper mentioned of it becoming all about me can happen. And we have to ask ourselves, when I have this role, when I have this title, what am I doing with that title? Am I honoring God? Am I showing that he is great and glorious? Am I being humble with this? And flip it the other way around. How do we honour those who are in authority over us? I used to have this boss at Starbucks. And I, I've, had, you know, when I used to work at Starbucks, I had, I had tons of different bosses, um, and one of them particularly was just a. Uh, I don't know what they had with me. They were just they were just really unfair. They were really unfair. They were really difficult to work with. And just every time they asked me to do stuff, it was difficult. It was just exhausting. And I remember specifically when they asked me to do something, I can't remember what it was now, and I just remember being reminded by God that when you submit to this woman, you're submitting to me. You're not submitting to her because she's right and because she's you know, wonderful. You're submitting to her because you're submitting to me. And it was a wonderful act of worship. And so some of you, maybe you're in a, a job, maybe you have someone who's you know, leading you and in and power over you, and just submitting to them is really hard. Know that when you're submitting to them, you're submitting to God. When you're honouring them, you're honouring God. It's a wonderful encouragement. Second, our power. Parental power. Now, this is controversial. So God has instituted family. is the way in which kids are brought up. And a few of you here are parents. All of us here are kids, right? And God calls us to do two things. For parents to lovingly influence and wield some, some form of power in their kids' lives. And for kids to honor their parents, that's a difficult thing to hear, right? I, um, for me and my brother growing up, became Christians as 16, and this was just alien to us. I have to honor my parents, like even when I disagree with them, it was outrageous. But um, God says quite a few times in the Bible, actually, that honoring, honoring our parents is immensely important. And I think this is—it's so important that uh, for those of us who are who are are sons and daughters, what all of us are, that the way we treat our parents is with honor and respect. It's—it's because it's reflecting how we honor and respect God. Yeah. The next one up: power within marriage. Some of you are married, uh, and we have this God-given influence over our husband or wife. I know that my wife will, to a degree, listen to what I say. Yeah? And be influenced by what I say. Now, there's certain things she'll be like, that's ridiculous. I'm not listening to that because she's wise. But there is, I know that the reality is what I, what I emphasize, what I lovingly talk to her about, what I spend my time um, focusing on and prioritizing, she will, take, um, she will pay attention to and vice versa. And when you're in that kind of relationship, you have to ask yourself, am I honoring God with the way I influence my husband or wife, am I honouring God with this? And you could say the same thing with, with uh, to a different degree with friendships. Uh, for, for many of us, myself included, I became a Christian. I grew in Christ. We had friends around me who influenced me, and they chose to use their influence in a way that wasn't chatting about rubbish. Right? They talked about things that mattered, things of faith, things of Jesus. I learned stuff. And so, for the friends in your life, what are you doing with this influence? You have some God-given influence. What are you doing with that? There's this other um, type of power that I saw in, in Business Insider called expert power, right? And some of you are in university, so you haven't yet got there yet, but it'll come. There'll be a day when you will suddenly look around and realize that people think I'm an expert. What is going on? This is ridiculous. And I'm, as I said, I'm a few years into my career uh, maybe three or four years, and um, now I'm in a situation where I'm the only IRS developer in my country, uh, not country. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot more. Um, I'm the only IRS developer in my company, right? And so the, a little bit of me has suddenly realized, oh, I, I'm an expert in my field. Or at least there's no one else here who is more of an expert than me. So I am the expert in my field. And, um, and something happens in my heart, because, and I know this, because when people don't consult me, in iOS related things, I am outraged, right? Something in me just kicks off. This little Pharisee inside of me is freaking out. You know, and you're like, why did you release that thing? It's awful. Like, If you'd asked me, I would have told you it was awful, but you didn't, and now everyone's getting hurt. And, and there's something in me that uses, I have some of this, some of this influence now. I have a, a bit of power, I have a bit of a position. And do I use it to honor God or to honor myself? Do I use it to build myself this little tiny throne that I sit on as an expert in my field, right? We all have the opportunity to do this. Are we going to honor Jesus with this power or honor ourselves? Uh, number, uh, I can't remember what number it is. The next one is called informational power. I love this. This is gossip, right? This is when you have been privy to a little bit of information, that just gives you this little sense of, wow, this is, I'm, I'm in quite a position of power now. Other people don't know this. And you have the opportunity, someone's been quite vulnerable with you, you have the opportunity to look in front of lots of other people like someone who's in the know. I know this, I know this happens because I'm human, right? I've been around other humans and this is a real thing. It's crazy that we, we use these opportunities of influence when people have confided in us and something happens in our heart. I, would just, I just really want to gossip about I really want to talk about this person and we, we can abuse these positions of power and who, who are you honouring here are you building yourself a little gossip throne or are you honouring Jesus, gossip throne you're going to remember that <laughs> uh, next one up Con, connection power like this is where someone gains influence by gaining fav- favor or simply acquaintance with a powerful person. Like I love doing this. The few famous people I've ever met, I bring them up in like every single possible opportunity. Because it's amazing and it makes me look so cool. Like I hang out with celebrities all the time. Right? And I don't. But we love, we love looking like that. right? And I think it's worth taking this little honest moment and assessing, God, do I want to glorify myself with these little opportunities? Well, I want to be associated with someone really important. Oh, I do it all the time. I do it all the time. And the final one is charismatic power. Now, this isn't the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's a different type of charismatic. I mean, if you have if you have a bit of charm, right? If you know you can convince people, because you've got the gift of gab. Right? And so some of you are like that, some of you more so than others. I'd say probably everyone has this to a degree. Just some are particularly good at it. And, and it's particularly convicting to someone in this kind of situation, right? When basically, I'm doing exactly that. I am, I am trying to be convincing of stuff in the Bible right now and hoping that some people will take it seriously, using my charm, right? And we have this in our lives, in the, in the people around us. And, and we, we either we are listening and we are being influenced by people who are saying things that, that sound great, or we're, we're doing it ourselves. And we have to ask, are we using our natural influence Are we using it to honor Jesus or to honor ourselves? And the people we're listening to, right? Who do we surround ourselves with? Because you'll notice over time, you start to become like the people you're around, right? My wife starts using words that only I use. (laughs) Really? I thought I made that one up. Um, and and there's, there's other things, so um, I think my brother, and this always happens, so he's my younger brother, um, there was just a day one time where he started wearing skinny jeans. I was like, oh, you're wearing skinny jeans like me, Liam. Liam hates it, because he, like every younger brother, you hate being associated with your older brother, right? That's a, that's a normal thing. But he's just influenced, and I noticed that he's watching what I do. And for all of us here, there's someone who watches what you do. What influence are you giving? Because it's all great being on a Sunday, really holy. But at the end of the day, there are people who see all the darkest bits of our lives. Is Jesus there? When so, if someone cuts us open—not metaphorically—if someone cuts us open, do they see Jesus there? We have a profound, wonderful opportunity to influence. Some of you are at uni, and uh, that's like this is like the best opportunity for this. Because whether you like it or not, you are stuck with people. You are living with them in the most, um, the most explicit ways possible. possible. Right? You see every bit of each other's lives for the good and for the bad. And it's one reason why we have a ton of people here who have become Christians. Because they have seen, they have lived next to other people who have been Christians. And they've said, whatever is in your life, I want some of that. And so you guys have an amazing opportunity. I'm so excited to see what God does for you guys. So, and actually, one other thing about this, I noticed, and one of the things I noticed from coming here for you know, the first time in a few months, there are people who are, you are using your gifts in this meeting, and you weren't doing that before. That is so encouraging. That is so encouraging. I get to see little steps of the kingdom of heaven being advanced through men and women like you guys. It's so encouraging. It's so amazing. And I'm, I'm stoked to see the fruit of what God does with it. So the final Type of power. We've gone through the power of God, the power of man, and now the power of God in man. So we've we've talked about a whole bunch of different situations where we have some kind of power or we submit some kind of earthly power, but the reality of of it is none of this compares to the power of God in our lives. The biggest, most beautiful, most glorious influence in our life is Jesus. We have this amazing power through God. And if you're not a Christian, the most powerful thing in your life is death, right? I can prove this because no, no matter how powerful you are, no matter how extravagant your title is, no matter how much influence you have in this world, no matter how many followers you have on Instagram, everyone dies, right? It is the ultimate power of all of our lives. And there's a few like famous people who are super desperate and they've like, after death, They've frozen their bodies just in case someone finds a way of bringing them back to life because they're so terrified of death and they're so desperate to conquer death. But it's all futile. We all die. And so all of us are, if you like, um, stuck under this immense power of death. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. As sinful people, the inevitable end of us is death. No one can escape it. All of the worldly power taken into account, it's all eventually submitted to death. But there's good news. If you're a Christian, the power of sin, the power of death in your life can be broken. 2 Timothy 1.10 says this, Through the appearing of our Saviour Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Romans 8 says the spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Right? Just imagine this for a moment, that Jesus being completely dead, crucified, dead, the spirit of God was powerful enough to bring him back to life, to completely resurrect him. And that same spirit, that same person, it's a person, not just a force. That same person that resurrected Jesus, it lives inside of you and me. We have that power with us. This isn't just an abstract power that we talk of and sing songs about. This is a power that lives inside of me and you. Friends, we have an immense power. We have this immense power that lives inside of of each and every one of us if we accept Jesus as king. And and so it leads us to do things with this gospel. And Romans 1.16 says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. If you if you take this power seriously, it changes something in your life. You know, this gospel that has transformed my life. I can't keep it to myself. It is immensely powerful. And and and, and as you walk through your life, you see friends, you see family who don't know Jesus and are being influenced by powers of this world, are being influenced by by you know tough times difficult things happening they have there are powers there are influences that are enslaving them and chaining them and you know the key you know the key to life which is the gospel and friends when we get the power of God in our life it it immediately sets us on mission because we can't step into someone else's life without noticing you're struggling without power you're helpless in your life all of us are at the end of the day I know this immense power in God. Let me tell you about the gospel. Let me tell you about this good news that's transformed my life. And friends, that's why, that's why the gospel is so important. That's why mission is so important because w- without it, we just, we're just not really responding to the power of God. We're kind of ignoring everything he's done for us. It's so hypocritical for us to know the beauty and the majesty of God and yet walk into our friends' lives and just be indifferent. It's not right. And I wrestle with this, because I know I do it. I get so bogged down by the human things of this world, right? But how's my job going at the moment? How is decorating my lounge going? I, I talk about rubbish sometimes. My-, my conversations with some people, I look back on them like, w- why do I have friendships? Why just talk about so much rubbish? Some of you uh, are aware, because you know me, that I really love space, like to quite um, strange levels. I really, really like space. And I, I just so often, I'm so quick to talk about it, and I realize this has no power. You knowing about space and the next you know, SpaceX launch, no one cares. Right? It doesn't make any difference to your life. How, shut up. It doesn't make any difference to your life how soon humans get to Mars. Right? It'll be nice, it'll be fun, but it's not going to transform you. It's not going to free you from the sin that enslaves you. It's not going to set you free to know the creator of the universe. It's not going to give you hope unlike any other hope. Only Jesus can do that. And we have to take that step to start filling our conversations with a bit more of Jesus. And of course it's awkward. It's always awkward somehow trying to shoehorn Jesus into the weirdest of conversations. But we have these opportunities, and this week's an amazing example. My entire office was like, depressed from, I think, Trump getting into power. It's been quite funny to see just how like, depressed everyone's been looking. And, and I've realized, actually, this is such a good, a good picture, because I think the most recent election and the, some of the turmoil it's brought, there's been a lot of riots, and, and whether Americans voted for Trump or didn't vote for Trump, I think they can all agree that it's just a very chaotic situation. And it's just such a beautiful picture of the, the the brokenness of human power that we still haven't got it all sorted yet. That we still haven't figured out how to how to do this power thing. And ultimately, our, our world is broken. Our world is quite self-centered, and there is such a wonderful picture for the gospel. And in our Western lives, we kind of numb ourselves quite a lot, and it's been a bit of a wake-up call, I think, for my people at work. That they're suddenly they're, a security they had, which is stability, right, has been pulled out, pulled out from underneath them, and, and, and this election cycle has, has just I think really um, really shaken some of them, and the opportunity to say let me let me tell you about the power and the influence I have in my life, let me tell you about the rock that I stand on, let me tell tell you why on Wednesday morning when I woke up I wasn't in despair, because I believe in a King who's ruling and reigning, he's completely good completely just, completely holy, and one day it's going to return. And, and, and it gives me a hope unlike anything else. And friends, we have this beautiful privilege, this beautiful gospel to proclaim. So, I'd love us to stand. I'm just going to pray for us. And uh, Nick, if you could come up, we're just going to sing one final song. And I think uh, we, all have, we all have influences in our lives. And we all have influence in our lives. And I think there's some big questions we have to ask ourselves. We've been exposed to the most immense gospel, and, and God wants to completely change us. He wants to, I've heard it spoken as He wants to do open heart surgery on us. Where is there in our life that doesn't yet belong to Him? What is there in our life where we are proclaiming a different Savior, a different God? God says, anything else in this world? It doesn't compare. It doesn't match up to me. Thanks for listening to this talk from New Community. For more information about New Community, check out newcommunitychurch.org.uk.